Welcome to Slayer Fest 98. I'm Ian Carlos Crawford. And I'm Ashley K. Smalls. Hi, Ashley. Hey. We have two guests with us today. Uh, first up, we have writer and digital marketer. Hi, I'm Aaron Reese. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Aaron. Uh, Hi. And we also have content creator and author. Hi, I'm Princess Weeks. Hi, Princess. Hello. Uh, so I'm so happy you're all joining me. We're here today to discuss Wakanda Forever that just came out this weekend. Um, and I guess we'll start with like overall, like quick thoughts. Uh, Ashley, what'd you think of the movie overall? Beautiful and heartbreaking, I guess would be the two, um, two words to come to mind. Um, easily the best, uh, thing that MCU has done in phase four. Um, definitely the best project to come out this year. Uh, yeah, it's, it's very, um, it's heartbreaking, but it's very, it's very beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, princess. Um, I agree. I think this and She-Hulk and Hawkeye are probably the top three things that have really come out of this phase. Um, I think any issues with the film are just purely MCU isms at this point, Mm -hmm. but it is definitely like Ryan Coogler hasn't missed yet. And this is definitely another continuation of his like awesome legacy as a creator. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Aaron. Yeah, I mean, I think it is a breathtaking film. Um, <laughs> I think to watch this is to see that Ryan Coogler loves Black women. Um, mm-hmm. The vision is just so distinct and profound. But um, yeah, echoing all the sentiments said thus far, I think this is probably the best the MCU has done in Phase 4. Um and yeah. I think that's honestly saying a lot because I think they took a lot of risk with Phase Four mm-hmm. um, with their projects. Um, but yeah, this was great. Yeah, Aaron, you bring up a good point because um, I, I know I've been ragging on Phase Four a little bit, but I do appreciate the risks they've been taking. They all haven't landed for me, but yeah. I do appreciate that we are like taking them right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I I love this movie. Um, I same thing as you, Princess. The any critiques I have are more like MCU within the MCU, like stuff they do that, you know, they added in, um, than anything else. Um, I was actually, I was really surprised because I kept hearing, you know, they have reshoots with everything. I was like very concerned it would be messy, but it really didn't Mm -hmm. feel messy. I don't think, Mm -hmm. um, like it felt like, like you said, Ryan Coogler like knew what he was doing and you, you could feel the confidence in his storytelling. I felt Mm-hmm. And I think there's an issue where, like, I was talking with a friend about this. Is like now we're so aware of how the sausage gets made. It's like every film has resuits, you know. Like mm-hmm, every yeah. every film fundamentally will have to go back and do things and have some crunching towards the end. Just that that's all we've been hearing about with Marvel and how they're flopping for like <laughs> half a year. So it's like any time that anything happens, it's like, well, what does it mean? It's like. We don't need to know this much fundamentally, in my opinion. Yeah, we absolutely don't. <laughs> I, I would say that especially when, like, after the movie comes out and they were like, we were going to do this, but we didn't. And it's like, don't tell me that. Like, why are you <laughs> telling me that? Yeah. yeah. We got a lot of that for Multiverse of Madness. And I yes. honestly think it hurt the film in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, because there was so much, well, we could have gone this way with Wanda and we could have made it more violent. Yeah. And yeah. All these things. Um, and I think... Sadly, it usurped what they had done in the mm-hmm. actual film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I meant to look this up. Is this movie the last part of Phase 4, or is Quantumania still Phase 4 too? It's last. It's the last yeah. one yeah. they said. Okay. Mm-hmm. You could okay. technically count the holiday special, maybe? 
Okay, right. Yeah, Maybe, yeah right. But I, this is the real last last project. Okay, I was I was wondering that. So so Quantumania will be like the first movie in Phase Five, then. Yeah. Okay. All right. I. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like Marvel's been. It's been like. Again, I appreciate the risk they've taken. It's just been a little messy this phase, so I like have trouble keeping track. Like I was like, Shang Chi was that, but that is Phase Four too, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. 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 Um. But okay, so I figure the way we'll do this, uh, we'll discuss kind of the characters, and if there's any character I don't mention that y'all want to bring up, feel free to jump in. Um, and then we'll like do the themes and plots. Um, I guess let's start with, uh, should we start with Shuri or end with Shuri? Huh. I let's think end. we should end with her, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, let's end with, with Shuri. All right, uh, who do we, who should we start with then? Let's start with you know our boy Namor. I'm the Namor. However, we I, you know yes. let's let's talk about the reason for the season, baby. Like, <laughs> it says you had your tweet that had uh, everyone up in a tizzy. I want you to talk about it. <laughs> oh, about how I said he was right, girl. I had to like go on private because I just was so <laughs> agitated. Um, <laughs> so I guess for I guess we're just going full spoilers and everything. So yeah. yeah. While I was watching the film, like, it's impossible in my mind to ignore that you are seeing, like, the Wakandans, this, like, this Black nation that has never been touched by colonization, mm-hmm. being put in antagonism against this indigenous, uh, specifically Mayan, with a little bit of Aztec inspiration nation, that directly exists because of colonization and imperialism, and how those are the two mindsets that we are seeing being in conflict with each other and like from that perspective every time namor was doing something that's basically just like we can't trust these white people they're coming we need to like be proactive i was like sounds right sounds about right (laughs) and then (laughs) and then like literally like when we're when we're hanging out with the white people you know it's all the cia being like you know uh we want to like destabilize wakanda you know just like you know all these little trigger words that we should be like very aware with as like you know radical brown people and so it was weird to me that because so many people were focusing on like the the micro inter politics of like no more versus ramonda and shuri and riri that we weren't talking about like the larger issue of like this is not about him having a particular vendetta about wanting to kill a teenager that goes to mit it's about like the CIA and all of these white governments are going to try and find my brain name in my nation. Mm-hmm. And I need to protect my people because we literally have survived like the genocide of the indigenous people in certain areas. And we're not going through that shit again. And it's yeah. like, I don't understand how like you can see that very clearly on the page and then be like, but he was mean. And then that's your <laughs> and that's your argument. I'm just sitting here like that don't make no sense to me. I think what's been really I I've I so in September, um, there was a Marvel artist who tried to attack Tenoshi's looks, right? Oh right. And I did a video in September, uh, you know, which it was a rip it was a complete rip of a video I did for Killmonger. I just replaced Killmonger with Namor of like get, be, like when you're supposed to be defending Wakanda. Um, and you see who you're going up against. And it's like, we must stay focused. Um, and <laughs> it kind of blew up within, uh, it blew up again. It was, ha- it, it 
since Wakanda Forever came out, TikTok was like, push Ashley's shit. That's all she talks about. That's the page to go to. But anyways, I say that to say that I've now had a lot of comments from people like, I don't like this movie. It's putting black and brown cultures up against each other. And I'm like, what movie did you go see or did you even bother? Because the the villain here, and I'm not saying this is someone who agrees with, with um, Namor's methods at all, but the villain is colonization. And it's like, you literally, like, we. there's an entire scene where we see that they try to bum rush Wakanda's um, outreach center. And of course, the Dora is protecting it. But like, they, Wakanda basically made it clear, we're opening up, but on our terms. Colonizers are going to colonize. And they're like, no, fuck that. We want this. And you have you can give us weapons of mass destruction or whatever. Like, I think there was the, the, that France was at the UN basically saying, don't you have these weapons for us? And it's like, you don't dictate how you're going to get this. We will dictate it. And once the entire world is on the same page of like, we're never going to get through Wakanda, let's figure out another way to still get vibranium. And I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it looks like they got their hands on Riri's, on Riri's invention without her permission. Yes. Which is again, another step of colonization. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And then decide, you know, we're now going to, I understand on some level, they don't know that Namor's people exist. But it's also like, do you really think it would stop them to know that, oh, wow, there's a civilization down there too. Like, no, we see how they're reacting to Wakanda. It would never stop them. So anyways, I I do that entire spiel because it's like, what we have are two cultures here who actually, we get many scenes of them appreciating each other's cultures, but they have very differing ways on how they're reacting to colonization. And of course, there's other things that are impacting that as well. But like, that is the root and that is the start of it. And so I, I need people to understand, like, again, not agreeing with Namor's tactics, that is what's supposed to make him an anti-hero, is that where Wakanda would be like, let's find a peaceful re- uh, resolution, which is literally what Shuri tells him. Namor is like, fuck that. They are putting my people at risk. Um, and he doesn't understand, or maybe he also may not want to understand, Riri Williams did not come up with this device to invade his people that there's a group of people out there who have decided to use her intellect unbeknownst to her to, to cause harm because that's what colonizers do. Um, and I think there's a, a whole other layer to that about how Riri Williams being, you know, an African-American, a person of this particular place and still being a victim of colonization, despite being here, that Wakanda has to come in and protect her because her own quote unquote home would not do that. In fact, they're the main ones putting her at risk. Like there's another layer to that of how she's also falling victim to colonization, even being from here as well. So it's like that, look at all these differing groups, whether it's shared race, different ethnicities, different cultures being affected by the same thing um, and all having different reactions to it. And you can, uh, I think you could kind of tear apart whether what's right, what's wrong. To be honest, there are times in here where Wak- I would not say Wakanda reacted to it in the best of ways. Definitely didn't. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. um, well, I don't want to cut you off, Ashley, but no, I, I wanted to bring in Aaron because Aaron, you know, Aaron's the one who really got me into Black Panther comics properly. And one of the things that Aaron's always like told me is that in the comics, T'Challa is much less, oh yeah, open borders. He's more yeah. like, no, yeah. g- g- don't be in here. <laughs> He's not. <laughs> He's very- I mean, it's interesting on a comic book level. And one of the reasons I am excited for Marvel to start exploring all of these different nations is you really had like with the Illuminati and AVX and stuff, 
Um, these weren't just smart men in a room. They were delegated world leaders. So, for instance, I think even, you know, the promise or the the idea of Victor Von Doom joining and mm-hmm. on this delegation is also something that's fascinating to me. But no, Princess, you bring up a good point, and it's that T'Challa is not kind in the books. He's not... Um, he's respectful, sure, but I think... T'Challa has much more of the fervor that you see associated with Namor on screen mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, than the ch- um, T'Challa that Chadwick um, gave us, which yeah, is totally so. fine. And like there's, you know, they can exist in these spaces separately um, and there's still a certain level of authenticity to both of those things. But I think I always direct people to, if you want to see just sort of a good story like this play out in the comic books, read Jonathan Hickman's Infinity Saga. It is Mm -hmm. incredible. um, But what you also see is a broken Wakanda waging war with Atlantis. Um, But the interesting dynamic there is that Shuri is the leader of Wakanda at the time. And T'Challa, Shuri as given a grace for him, has banned T'Challa from the Golden City. Um, And so because of it, there's a there's a distinct panel in this that I think sums up their interactions perfectly. And the Illuminati are having a meeting and T'Challa basically goes, oh yeah, by the way, your home might not be there when you get back. And Namor's like, excuse me? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, sorry, I couldn't stop my, my sister's hand. But like, and sure enough, when Namor gets back to Atlantis, it is decimated. Um, and... I don't know. I just think that, like, to assign niceties to these characters as they are governing world powers, like, it's just not something... I don't know. It's it's a very silly thing to slap on top of this. Mm-hmm. Um, as sort of like a fictional, like, they should have some sort of fictional etiquette because of it. Yeah. See, okay, so, wait, and is that the same run... Is that the same run where T'Challa does kill Namor? No, this it's not the um it does happen with Hickman's I think New Avengers later down okay. the line. Um but no, it doesn't happen in that story. So, I guess I I think you might have just I had a little bit of issue with Namor. Um I I don't know, I really really liked him until I didn't. Um <laughs> and I just wish he hadn't murdered Ramonda. Like I think he didn't murder her though. Oh, like, but he, he did. <laughs> keep saying this to me and i'm like okay, okay maybe maybe i'm just maybe i need to see it one more time but like go ahead sorry Ian. i'm like, no, I, like I, I, I i i it felt like the way i felt about wanda at the end of multiverse of madness where it was like well now she feels irredeemable what are we gonna even do with this character once ramonda died i was like well sure he should fucking kill him like i was like so mad that she had died and I mean, you you can say it was, I, I could see a reading of it where it's like, well, he's just attacking. He didn't, wasn't purposely trying to drown her, but like she does die because of him. And like, he, you know, he tells Shuri like, you know, do your grieving and then we're going to fight again. Like, he's not even like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like when he was romancing her, I was like, Shuri should join forces with him for sure. Like, yeah. I will, I will say to be fair. They can't, they went to his, they went to his home and they killed two of his people. And that's what I'm, that's the thing that yeah. I feel like people like, just totally to be like, fair, like you can't, you can't frame it like a, 
He he woke up one day and was like, "We attacking a Wakanda if they don't want to join us." Like you can't even frame it that way. Like you have to ask them to have some nuance. I'm pissed off too because he killed my mother. But like you know, it's it's it, how how I I'm like I have to be reason. Like let's let's switch it real quick. Okay. Namor comes up there and he killed two random citizens of Wakanda. Now how would you how are they realistically about to respond to that? Yeah. Yeah, because you know, goddamn, you know damn well they about to come up with a whole new invention that gives them the ability to breathe. Ramona's gonna all of a sudden remember Storm's number, bitch. I need you down here right now, and it's gonna be a wrap, you know. So like, let's let's. So I'm just saying, there's some nuance here. This is why I'm like, I'm not here to, comp- I'm not I'm not here to redeem anymore at all. No, I, know. I just want some nuance to it because I do feel like, in the way that. I feel like they wanted to try and add some nuance to Wanda's character and make her look like more of an anti-hero by the end of Multiverse of Madness, where it's like, oh, it was the dark hold, but it kind of fell flat. Yeah. I do think that yeah, is the, the the route in which they're going to take with Namor. I'm like, you're going to still be frustrated with him because that's how he is in the comics. Like, understand, yeah. him and T'Challa in the comics got beef, like, to, to the day they die. Like, they make it very yeah. clear. Mm-hmm. But- Namor has has saved lives, but he is also I shouldn't say selfish because he's doing his job. He's he's king of Atlantis. It's his job to protect his people. And in the way in which, like you see how like the Avengers like basically put a lot of lives at risk trying to save Vision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Namor would have been like, oh, he has to go. What That's are we true. doing here? Let's, <laughs> yeah. what are we doing? Like you telling me that if we just destroy him right now, Thanos is screwed. It seems like an easy win-win. Matter of fact, since y'all don't want to, y'all y'all hesitant. I will kill your friend for you. This is what I will do as an active person. <laughs> yeah. Like that is what he would have done. And it's like, can't? Will you be mad? Vision is dead. Of course. Do you understand why he's about to do that? Yeah. So it's like I just need people to understand. Like he he's you you can't just make it like a he attacked Wakanda killed they, one of them literally died in his arms and was like, can you save me, Namor? Yeah. Well, that's what I bring up specifically. Um, is that I. I do love uh, the fact that M'Baku really laid down how important Namor is to his people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially like saying like, they don't call him general. They don't call him king. He is revered as a god. And so I think the moment when, you know, um, she's dying in his arms, like it was very much like, this is one of my children. Like this is. And he calls um, them that. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, I think that's very important in terms of understanding like Namor's worldview. But I do get sort of the distinction in trying to figure out where to place said blame on Ramona's death because I kind of err on the side of like princess's logic in the sense that it wasn't a flat out like direct, direct hit, but what really yeah. killed Ramona was her saving Riri. Right. right? Yeah. Like that was that was like if we're looking at the logistical details of it, um, that in of itself. But what I also loved about Namor too is he made it plain and his language is so intentional in the scene that he's speaking to Ramona. Um he says, I'm going to fly to the Golden City and I am going to kill you. <laughs> like he does that, and I, and I wanted to make sure in my second watch that like I was actually hearing what he was saying, and like yeah, like he flat out said like I'm going to come up there and I'm a, I'm gonna pull up and I'm gonna <laughs> kill you. He he uh, lived his raps. He lived his raps quite true. He, he really did. Um, and even you know him talking shit while he's flying away to Shuri. Um, 
telling her, I made you queen. So yeah. mourn your dead, get your shit together, and I'll see you in three to seven business days. <laughs> I strongly worded email. <laughs> I hope this email finds you well. Bitch, I'm drowning. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it was so interesting. And I think I think one of the things you can kind of tell in this movie is that like the Namor conflict was always built into it. But now that yeah. T'Challa has passed because Chadwick has passed, we now have to write grief into it. And Mm -hmm. so grief colors every decision these characters are making. And like the moment Ramonda asks uh, Nakia to go from 80 to to go spy on this people and do by any means necessary, I'm like, all right, we have now, we've escalated. (laughs) Because (laughs) because, like the reality is, is that when you just pay it down in numbers, Sherry acts to go there as like a political prisoner. They did not harm her. Yeah. And then you set a spy to a secret location, pull up, killed killed one, two people, while Sherry is telling you not to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it's like, then that's why when people are like, he did it for fun, it, it makes it seem yeah, like, no, it divorces like, it from all of the context of it. Yeah. Like, he didn't try to kill Riri because he has something against this bright black young girl. He don't even, they didn't even know that she was a black child until they got there. Yeah. And he yeah. doesn't have the technology to know that. Like, they're secret. That's why he went to Wakanda in the first place as an olive branch. So to me, it's it's like, I understand. And I'm actually, you know, good to see people try to actually protect Black women for once. <laughs> but, like, but let's not sit here with these de-radical politics to, to not understand, like, the nuances of what we're dealing with here. It's a nuance that we usually don't get in these movies. Yeah. Right, but it is yeah. a nuance that exists. And when I see it just kind of, like, erased... To pretend as if like everything is, it kind of reminds me of how like in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the flag smashers make no sense because they don't take any time to establish like, well, what are their politics? Are they anarchists? Are they they ever? But they have points. And it's like, oh, they went too far. And I'm like, but we have not even discussed any of the points in their in their bulletin board. You know what I mean? Like we have not gotten any information about these people, but you instantly. Because they're <laughs> radical, because they're revolutionaries about a concept that on paper should be explored. It's like, well, now they're the bad guys. Yeah. And I don't want them to do this to this indigenous character who is very clearly coming out of a trauma and a context that even though the Wakandans are Black and African, that they do not understand. Because contextually, they have never dealt with slavery. They have never dealt with imperialism. Whereas Namor, just by the context of where he lives, has probably seen the bodies of our ancestors in translated slavery fall into these waters. So why would he trust any of these people? Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I I think I think it's because, and I, I did like this scene when we first meet all of the people, like when we like first see um, on that ship, all the scientists. I thought that like, that was so well done and it felt almost like a little bit like action-y horror movie to me. Yeah. When, like all the guards are walking off the side of the ship and then like, and Lake Bell, I was like, not Poison Ivy. Oh no. <laughs> 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 I was like really hoping she would make it just as I love Poison Ivy. But like, I do, uh, and I'm, I hate being this person. It felt like, this is the first, you know, indigenous Hispanic like culture we're meeting. And they're so ruthless. Like they murder everyone on that ship. And I just wish there would have, I don't know. I like if Namor could have been a little bit, I don't know. Like, and I know that you just said this, like he's not like T'Challa, but I, I felt like I wanted him to be a little, we, we got, I don't know. I, I needed him to be 
like Nomura and Atuma were just these angry fighters. And like there is Nomura's even angry with him for half the movie, it feels like. And I was just like, man, like I don't love it's like that. I do. But I think the danger there though. Mm-hmm. There's like I, I get exactly where you're coming from. But the, And I'm not trying I hope I don't sound like an asshole. I'm not trying no, to like you don't okay. you don't. But I think especially when you're dealing with characters of color, um, mm-hmm. especially with something as so specific as indigenous of my inheritance, is that whether we like it or not, like white audience are going to take that type of depiction as a sense of exceptionalism. Mm. And the problem with that, though, is that that white audience will still say, well, you know, Namor's, you know, the nice savage. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, and yeah. everyone, like, and everyone else still fits the bill. So, like, even, I get what you're saying from, like, a character, like, standpoint, but, like, I mean, honestly, this has been Namor's M.O. like from jump. He has been Mr. Yeah. Still Your Girl, um, <laughs> Mr. Um, eyebrow Thin, like um, <laughs> Eyebrow Arches on the comic page. And yeah. like name, the thing I've always related to Namor, honestly, and this is something that I do want to explore later when we talk about Shuri, is that in the comic book medium, specifically with TV and film, you never get to see righteous anger explored. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. And I think anger was a very valid part of this film on yeah. both sides. Yeah. Um, and I think the way in which Shuri handles anger, for instance, I think is not only prolific, but I feel like it's real. And the thing exactly. that always sort of like detaches me from a lot of comic book media um, in general is that we are not superheroes we didn't we weren't born with an x gene um you know we want to be (laughs) i don't have a penthouse in westchester that can open up um you know basketball um (laughs) courts and have a jet like under (laughs) under the hood and so because of that human emotions plague us in a much different light than it would Mm -hmm. be of someone of superhero origin so when you see that type of anger that type of frustration it's real. It's authentic. Mm-hmm. But I feel like a lot of superhero media, um, not resents it, but they they shame that sort of like mm-hmm. um, that sort of reaction. And when yeah. you do see that reaction, it's embedded in characters that are so drenched in trauma that like they don't know up from down. Case in point, Bucky. Bucky's mm-hmm. a great example of that. Um, and I'm like, y'all, y'all will never let that poor man have a mental um, health day. But <laughs> yes. like, no, but so like, right. The reality is when Bucky screams, when Bucky has a scream of rage, it's not taken seriously as human frustration and human anger. Because it's like, oh, girl, you know, his head has been in a blender for like 15 years. So <laughs> can't really resonate there. <laughs> you well, know? Y- well, you know, to, to build off what you're saying, Aaron, which I totally agree with, I mean, let's look no further than Magneto. I mean, like, yeah. his entire, like, I remember as a child watching, like, the first X-Men movie, and even though I was, I must have been, like, maybe no older than, like, younger, as young as eight, maybe old as ten. Just as a little black child, I understood his rage perfectly fine. Like, mm-hmm. I remember when when he, the part is, like, where he's like, this is going to destroy most humans, and I remember going to my mom, like, you know, I know that's bad, but I understand people are mean and it's like how like you know what i'm saying it's the same rage and we're so used to seeing that from white sources even though magneto is a jewish man but we all understand why he's upset 
We right. all understand like the Holocaust trauma. You saw humans kill other humans. So why would you think they would be better to your kind? And to me, it's no different than Namor because Namor is experiencing that exact same trauma. But because he's brown, we're taught very hard not to, excuse me, not to be radical a revolutionary because that comes with bloodshed but nothing that we have gained in our lives has ever been from from us being respectable and nice so to me instantly i'm just sitting here like he said he's about to when he was killing all them conquistadores i was like this is delicious can i get some more of this please i I was like drinking my little diet coke like this is very lovely in front of my salad and everything i was very pleased so (laughs) like and we don't get that validated and i feel like Kugler, you know, as much as he can, was trying to validate that anger. Because I think, like, of course, we're going to have issues with, with, like, his choices. But we should also have issues with the fact that, like, why is Wakanda so comfortable with the CIA? Right. Yeah. Why are they, why are they so willing to work with these white institutions, but not Tolokan? Right. You know what I mean? Like these are all these are questions that we don't usually get to ask in black media because we're usually put in a different position. But we cannot view Wakanda as if it's like Trinidad and Tobago or like if you just took right. Chicago. This is a nation untouched by the the rampantness of anti-blackness until now it's allowing itself to be open to it. So it's right. a different kind of privilege than we've ever seen in black media. And I think that's worth exploring. Mm-hmm. And that's when it gets a little bit trickier than just pitting black and brown people against each right. other. Yeah, I I guess I'm good. I, I feel like probably I'm a little bit like <sighs> I so a thing that also I was like, oh, that's corny. When the way uh, Namor says his name, like, you know, with his thick Hispanic accent, I was like, oh, that sounds like he's saying no love in Spanish, but like, that would be corny. And then like, that is what it is. And I was like, oh. um, I didn't love that. And I feel like maybe I'm probably touchier because it's like, oh, they're like yelling Spanish at each other for most like, and I, I just didn't want them to be the ones that are fucking killed Queen Ramonda. Like, but I, I do get what you're saying. Um, and I'm probably like, a little touchier about that aspect of it. That's probably why I'm being blah. Um, but I do get what you're saying. You are right. Like there's more nuance to this than especially in the MCU, let alone in other movies, but especially in the MCU that we normally get. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do see, I do totally see what you're saying. Um, yeah. I don't know. I hope, I, I really hope I don't sound like an asshole. <laughs> No, no, I mean, it's, it's all of those opinions are valid. Like I, and I mean, listen. At the end of the day, we are talking about um, a sub Atlantic man that has four angel wings stuck <laughs> in his ankles. You mm-hmm. know, like um, so the suspension of belief there, you know, is is pretty, you know, ground zero. But mm-hmm. I think it is. I think the things that like myself, Ashley, and Princess are just sort of talking through. Um, it's just these. We're we're not used to getting such rich characters yeah, with yeah. this amount of nuance playing on a world stage. Mm-hmm. In fact, if this was ten years ago, like, um, girl, we just barely be getting into the surface of like what is Wakanda, um, and to be able to explore this in a sequel, I think is really profound. So, mm-hmm. if nothing else, I think taking the moment to acknowledge that, um there's a lot of discourse to sort of sort through simply because it's a feast. We're not yeah. used to having this much representation and it being right representation. Yeah. You yeah. know, I kept thinking that this movie, 
like it it felt so sprawling that it almost like if this had been like, you know, take the Marvel out of it, the movie would have worked, right? Like I feel like if no. this were like a sprawling like sci-fi fantasy that wasn't connected to a comic book, it still would have worked like really well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, okay. So do we wanna who do we want to talk about next? Do you want to talk about Ramonda? Sure. Yeah. All right. Uh Ashley, do you want to start off? Um Sure. I mean, we first, well, really when we first see her is in that scene and when she has to uh, give the very unfortunate news to Shuri. Um, Angela Bassett is my favorite actress of all time. And she has been since Tina Turner. um, Because Mm -hmm. I spent about 10 years of my youth thinking she was Tina Turner. So when (laughs) I came to and realized that is a completely different woman, I was like, well, clearly you now have this, this title in my heart. If you can convince me (laughs) you're another person. Um, but I say that to say that she, you can tell she went in with a mission. I mean, the entire cast had, you know, two kind of jobs here in that they have a job as, you know, their regular job as actors with these characters, but also as, they, you know, they're, they're bringing in, in this extra element of a very real death that impacts them as people who knew him yeah. and an audience who was impacted by him um, in terms of as a person and his talent. And so for Angela Bassett specifically here, you know, she has this, you know, even on the red carpet, she calls him her son. Um, so, you know, she is carrying, you could, you could see that from how she deals with her dialogue with, with Shuri. And, you know, you think about the fact that we don't really see her in Shuri's lab in that first movie. It's always T'Challa. Um, mm-hmm. And now she kind of has this, you know, she knows she has to fill in these shoes of, of the family member who checks in on her because she'll get lost down there. Um and then, of course, continuing that role of of mom, but then the biggest role of all being also queen of this nation that now feels lost. Um, and she does this; she elegantly blends this 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 energy of of being regal, of of being someone who you can trust, but at the same time, that scene in the UN where it's like when T'Challa walked in. You can tell people were threatened. Of course, there's a, there's a sense of misogyny there because he's a man. So it's like, oh God, he, he has, but you know, he also has right. the strength of the Black Panther. And so you could see, you know, she says it, you know, they, y'all think we're lost. Our leader is gone. Our king is gone, whatever. And she has to make it very clear in a, in a really threatening way. Like, don't get it twisted. We're, we're sad as shit, but we'll take that anger out on you since we ain't got nothing else going on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that scene in the UN um, was very both endearing, it was heartbreaking, but then at, it ends on this note of, I will have my people kill you. Don't get it twisted. We're doing an act of mercy. And in that same regard, I'm hoping people can see that sort of mirror because right after that, we get the colonizers in the ocean when they realize they can't get through Wakanda. And so we see Wakanda showing an act of mercy and they more saying, fuck that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the way in which uh, Angela Bassett and Ramonda as the character has to do all these different things and kind of go through it seamlessly going through. I mean, sure. Even says in one scene when she hangs up on Ramonda um, and, and um, oh my goodness, I can't remember her name. The, the new, uh, the new Dora Milaje character played by. Anika? Um, Anika? Yeah, there you go. When mm-hmm. she's like, did you just hang up on the queen? And Shuri's like, no, I just hung up on my mother. There's a yeah, difference. I like yeah. that. There's yeah. a difference. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, you know, that sense. And then she, it's true. It's like in, when, when Ramona was talking to her there, I mean, she does of course flex that the queen muscle, but it's also like, that was a mother concerned for her daughter and daughter who's being hardheaded. And it's like, 
we going to go in there because we know what Namor is about to do. So it's like, there are so many different hats that Ramonda has to wear here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just really, I mean, if, I mean, this is far from like Angela Bassett's best work. And I say that in a compliment in the sense of yeah, the fact yeah. that she did that. And it's like probably not even top five of her performances. If you're not familiar with Angela Bassett, the actress, like she should have had an Oscar a long time ago. An icon, um, but, truly. <laughs> um, yeah, just Ramonda as as queen was, it was fitting. And then um, losing her, I don't know if we're, if we're there yet or if other people want to speak on Ramonda, but. I mean, we, we're talking about her in general, so we can talk about that that aspect too. I just, you know, going to that matter of her going in, the reason why I bring up the matter of her going from mom to queen to back to mom to queen is because I feel like that actually on some level kind of affected some of the bad decisions from Wakanda, as in not trusting Shuri when she was in, I'm sorry, I'm going to probably say Atlantis from time to time because of the comics. Um, <laughs> I know, I keep, I keep reminding myself that that's not even, they don't even that, use that not, That's not what it is in the MCU. But like, Shuri asked to go down there to protect Riri and because she felt like they would not kill her. Yeah. Ramonda, yeah. understandably from a mom's, now from a queen perspective, she probably would have had to say, Shuri, you know, like, I can't risk my country. I can't risk my people. Shuri, you know, made this decision. I, I, right. I'm hoping she made a good decision. From a mom's perspective, a mom's going to be like, fuck that. My right. mom is gone. My, my husband's gone. I'm not about to lose the last person who's here. Let me go to someone who knows how to infiltrate. And two people ended up getting killed. And that's put Wakanda even more at risk. Was yeah. that the best decision? It wasn't. She wasn't thinking as a queen, in my opinion, in that in that matter. She was mm-hmm. thinking as a mother. Yeah, And so I think you you're right. see that, that, you know, that very delicate um, place that she was put into and how that line was blurred. And when you're watching, you you just see her as a queen making these decisions. But it was like, that really wasn't, that wasn't the, the, the thing to do there. How, that entire movie would have been a completely different conclusion had she just trusted Shuri in that moment. And she didn't. Well, I shouldn't mm-hmm. say she didn't, but she was scared. And it was, right. yeah. it was understandable fear, but it was not a good decision to make. And so I think that's a delicate thing to have to present on 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 screen um because t'challa didn't have to worry about things like that Mm -hmm. you know he just got to be king all day like he you know he cared for his family don't get me wrong i mean there's a scene where he like protects shuri um even while he's getting his ass beat all of a sudden he finds like the strength of a a million black panthers like hold up um (laughs) baby sister exactly you know but it's like he gets to always know that if something happens to him shuri and ramonda are back at wakanda protected Right. Ramona can't do that. She can't afford it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that's interesting because if we may talk about like the post credit scene, yeah. I wonder when that was put into the film, because I feel like as a grandmother now, all of a sudden of this child, I felt like she was making a lot like this is my only living family member. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, but you got this little... This little little boy in Haiti that you also have to protect. That would also you need to protect Wakanda for. So Mm -hmm. I do, I do wonder like if that was like an addition that came in afterwards that they like, oh, this is a sweet thing to do, or Mm -hmm. that was always in there because I feel like I don't know. I I I didn't. I never had my grandparents, so I don't know directly. But like, they did allude to it. They alluded when when Shuri and Ramonda went to the shouldn't say the beach, but when they went to like the edge Mm -hmm. of Wakanda. And oh, that's what yeah. Shuri was going to say. Okay, yeah, we'll see, okay. We'll see, we'll see Wait, remind me, remind me. What is it? So they were talking and Shuri was, you know, upset. And she, that this was around when she said something around like, um, you know, I would I would burn the world. Um, mm. She said that line right after. And 
Shuri was basically like, you know, she was reminiscing about T'Challa. And mm-hmm. Ramonda was like, what you need to know, there's something you need to know about oh, T'Challa. Right. And that was when she was yeah. going to bring up the sun. Mm-hmm. And then they were, you know, coming in. Right. It was like, I'm here. But um, <laughs> you could tell she was about to say something. I, I That was what privied me. The reason why I also was able to connect is because uh, Ramonda told um, Nakia, she was like, you left us six years ago. And I was mm-hmm. like, wait a minute. Now hold up. If T'Challa, <laughs> if T'Challa's funeral was a year ago, that right. means he left before T'Challa passed. So what's going on here? If two plus mm. two equals four, um, mm-hmm. oh right, and, and then so, they say how she didn't come back for the funeral. Yeah, exactly, right? exactly. Yeah. And so, and I was like, to build up that school and things like that. I know she technically was working on outreach, but I'm like, she would have needed more time for this. And so I was right. just like, she was over here doing some other stuff. Something else was happening, and that's when I was like, getting the feeling of like. The 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 I I did see rumors that there would be a son online, mm-hmm. so that was starting to confirm for mm-hmm. me that that was that that was happening because the math was was mathing if it if it was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> and princess, to answer your question directly, because um, I've been watching a ton of interviews just like all weekend. Okay, um, but yes, apparently this was part of the original script before. So the idea of having a younger T'Challa, which I think is, I think it's a smart choice, um, mm-hmm. at least for me personally. I know for mm-hmm. for the girlies that really want Storm and T'Challa together. Well, we don't, girlies, well we, don't, um, we don't care about We don't. We don't. We not commute with I those don't people. To that <laughs> well, I will also say it would, it would line up with what they're basically doing. Exactly. I mean, you, exactly. You look at yeah. everything else happening in the MCU right now. Basically, everyone has a kid or some sort of heir. At this mm-hmm. point, yeah, Hawkeye has has Kate. Uh, yeah. uh, Thor has the daughter he adopted. We just saw Hulk's son. Everyone at this point has some younger ver- I shouldn't say version, but younger, you know, heir or something like that who's in mm-hmm. their life. So I I believe that because it would basically be in line with what they've been doing with with That's James true, yeah. with all the other characters as well. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. You're right. They all now they all do, and even even Tony Stark has a child too. Yeah, exactly. So. so yeah. That makes um, sense. I, I hate doing the Young Avengers thing because I think they'll do something different. I hope and pray that they do. But um, I will say if if what's in their cards is some sort of the heirs of, of these of these characters are supposed to come in no time soon. But if they were supposed to do something, yeah. T'Challa now has one who's there as well, if that's if that's what do they you, wanted to do. Do you remember um, – this might be like – I don't even remember what it was called. There was like that – like – that like era where Marvel was actually putting out like random animated movies and they did yes. one that mm-hmm. was like not mm-hmm. Young Avengers, but it was like all the kids of the Avengers. Yeah, that- I remember mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I don't remember what it was because it wasn't called Young Avengers, right? It was yeah, like no. something else. I don't no. think I don't think they would. I don't think they would. I, is was that the champions? No, it wasn't the champions. It was an animated movie. Yeah. Okay. Um and it was like during a time when like Marvel was getting out of their like motion comics phase and like yeah. starting to like ramp up around animated stuff. Got but it. I do Next remember Avengers Heroes of Tomorrow. Yes, there you yeah. go. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Um, and like his character had like it wasn't really like lightning control, but they gave him little like lightning yeah. nuances to be like, mm-hmm. ah, you know, certain which could be his mom. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was thinking of with all these kids we've been seeing, like because that uh, kind of lines up more with like the direct children and not just like young Avengers, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
But also, I do want to talk about um, Ramonda and Okoye's scene where she oh yeah kicks Ooh. her out. Yeah, because I like I for me that was like a scene where it's like I'm so mad that she's doing this, but I fully understand uh, her anger. If she's a mom, you know what I love. So one of the things. <laughs> I've been quiet about most of the Ramona conversation because A, um, I want Princess and Ashley to absorb as much of this conversation as they can um, with Ramonda obviously impacting them as Black women. But I will say, Okoye is a character I deeply love. Um, and Ramonda's um, just sort of ferocity in that scene, to me, again, felt warranted. It's like watching a, I don't know, like watching a sizzle reel of like your family just like making yes. a lot of mistakes, but you understanding mm-hmm. why these mistakes are made. And I think the one thing I want to point out in this conversation that they had um, that I loved that Ryan included was the fact that Ramona pointed out that Okoye was part of the insurrection. Mm-hmm. She had a hand in it. Um, and her even saying, you know, I gave you the grace to like, you know, assume your mantle even once T'Challa was back in the seat, but like you abandoned us. And I thought it was prolific because in that moment, especially if you go back and you watch the first movie, Ramona is in such a vulnerable place. The moment that that happens. Right. Um, I am an animal and nature freak above all else. And the first thing that I thought of is like, when you're looking at big cats, specifically lions and panthers, the idea is that if there are cubs that are not that male lion's heirs, you kill them. Like, Mm -hmm. and so, I mean, it it made perfect sense that she had to go into hiding once Killmonger, um, you know, took over the throne. But like, I loved um, that she actually called her out on that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I think to me also, you know, let's talk about the memory of black women real quick. Cause girl. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She's been holding in that rant for a while. She's like, the next time she do anything, I'm going to just be ready. (laughs) That was it. She a water sign for true. I mean, that was like, it was giving Pisces. It was giving Pisces. But I was like, she's been holding on to this for a nice little minute. And it's just, and I don't know, I feel like obviously I think all mothers have the potential to like really go to war for their kids. But I think there's something in the ferocity of Black women when it comes to their motherhood um, where they're so willing to lay everything out on the line. And she she looked at Okoye as almost like her biggest mistake, and I know that broke her. Yeah, but it was it was it was great to watch. Denies acting. Oh yeah, we see this mm-hmm. usually very sh- of two things: them having um, Namor's people go up against Okoye, who we know as basically the strongest. Yeah, without mm-hmm. the without the Panther powers in Wakanda, and. Uh, Okoye being very vulnerable, even after basically, you know, giving them blows that should have killed them, as she said, yeah. and them just basically popping back up. Like that was such a great way to mi- very much illustrate their strength and make it very clear. Like they're yes. not dealing yes. just with people who have access to vibranium here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then moving forward to this this particular scene between her and Ramonda where she breaks down and she just straight up gets to a point where she decides this strong woman deciding to basically grovel to you know yes. this position that's that's that, that the desperation um in which she was willing 
to express to all all her people. Um, and at that same time, you know, Ramon Monda did say, with, with what's going out there, I'm, I don't want to take that. I don't think I want to take this risk. And she only let her go because Okoye said it. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, no, no, no. I, I knew where she was. I didn't want her to do it, but I understood as well. Yes. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that that act of vulnerability um, that it, that that Denai was showing in 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 that scene, and then having to pick herself up, put her spear down, and then uh, you know walk away was also like. Um, and also the shade that they threw at um, Daniel Kaluuya's character. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, Wakabi. <laughs> they like um, that. That Negro's over there, but he she can okay, visit his ass like, in jail. Um, but Ashley, I'm so glad you brought up that scene because in my second viewing, it's a perfect um, it's a perfect sequence to follow into the throne room because you see a, several points in that fight that Okoye. Fear. Like you've, mm-hmm. you've yeah. never yeah. seen her yeah. that shaken before. And I think there's two points in that fight where it doesn't feel like just a bunch of like Marvel fight choreography. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, because one of the things I, I told my partner after we came out this movie, when you when you watch it a second time, you realize that Okoye is not just fighting to save Shuri. Um, but she is fighting, um, and she makes this commentary later in the throne room where she talks about, you know, the idea that there is also a chosen race of people who also have access to vibranium uproots everything she's ever known about Wakanda. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It totally disintegrates the idea that, like, they were selected, that they are chosen people. Um, and so when Atuma is landing these blows on her, you could just like see the confidence like being drained out of her eyes and yeah. the scream that she lets out, mm-hmm. like right when she comes to in the water and she realizes that they're gone. Um, like she's failed. And like you feel the weight of that, um, of her coming to terms with what just happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Deny is just a quadruple threat because like actor, yeah. playwright, everything. Yeah. She's a playwright. I- yeah, she's oh, written shit. several plays. Yeah, she. I love that. Yeah, she one was of them in, um, She was in Shakespeare in the Park also over the summer. Oh, I love yeah. that. Oh my god, she was. Yeah, she was Richard the Third. Um, and you know, working on the Michonne spinoff, which is why I feel like she's doing a little bit less in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like part of that was this, but I. You know, I, I when I was watching the film because I've been rewatching Star Trek, I was like, it's like when Worf gets attacked on the show. It's like, oh, yes, if they can body Worf. <laughs> it's right. about to it's about to get so just watching that exactly is like you're just like Okoye is the Dora Milaje. I was <laughs> like everybody else is like, you know, it's like this is you know I felt like that that TikTok was like we're here to see the temptations, you know. It's like, no, we're here to see Okoye. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so that that scene was so emotional and it was so powerful. And I think it was one of the best acting that I've seen not just in the MCU, but like this year between like two women just discussing their pain and their losses and just how much it meant to Okoye to be this person. And I honestly, I was just like, my heart sank for her. I was like, girl, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Because not only did she get a tongue lashing from someone that she calls mother, but it happened in public, in front of everybody. In front of men, girl. In front of of Umbaku. In front of Umbaku, the last person she wanted to have anyone see her. 
<laughs> I was like, oh. I'm sorry, when he called her a bald head demon. Exactly. <laughs> yes, uh, that line. Please listen, I, I love my I love my, my school town, but like it is very much population of black people here is below 10%. So <laughs> I bust out laughing at the scene and everybody looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> and I went on TikTok to see people were like laughing. I was like, all right, it wasn't just me. I'm not no. insane. Like, no, that, that was, was that was a gag. That's just funny as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I and it's funny that you said she's doing they she doesn't do as much in this movie because I do feel like they you're right like she's not in it as much but like they gave her way more acting to do I thought oh yeah mm-hmm. and like she fucking killed like that's that scene between the two of them arguing I just I thought that was such a good scene because you understood right it was like Ramonda isn't wrong but like I don't want her to check like her out but I get it like mm-hmm. and I had forgotten about the insurrection until she said it and I was like ooh yeah mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> 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 it was like hard to defend her more in my brain when I was like no but she's upset oh yeah she did do that <laughs> yeah it's like when you get in a fight with your partner it's like remember how three weeks ago I told you to do this mm-hmm. thing and you mm-hmm. didn't. And I said nothing at the time. Mm-hmm. I never did it again. And like I, I still I said nothing. Ass. But now, <laughs> now that you have done something, now that you haven't taken out the garbage today, I'm here to remind you of everything that you've done this week. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I guess we could talk about Okoye. I mean, we kind of did already, but I... I think that that was actually probably my favorite fight scene. The one you guys were talking about the mm-hmm. um, on the bridge. Yeah, definitely. it was so fucking good. And I think you're right, Aaron. It didn't feel like an MCU, like a in a good it way. Didn't. It didn't feel. <laughs> you know, you know, MCU fight scenes have what I call tags in them to like remind <laughs> you that it's an MCU fight scene. So, like, case <laughs> in point, if there's ever a flexible, femme facing character in the room, she gonna do one of those Black Widow um, twisty yeah. twirly things yeah. around the neck. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. you, you gonna always get that? Her like piranha. Yeah, exactly. But I felt like one of the things I liked about the fight scene with Okoye too is that. First off, like, I would imagine a vibranium spear ain't, like, shit to, like, carry around. Like, that's probably at least, like, 40, 50 pounds of just whatever. And so I felt like there was such an emphasis on Okoye's strength. Yeah. And that scene specifically, like, when she's stopping herself from, like, sliding off, um, you know, the edge of the bridge. Um, But, again, to do that with also the masterful acting. um, Yeah. Just just great. But like Princess said, um, the door like Okoye is the door melange. So like when you felt that loss, um, it was just like, all right, girl, I don't I don't know what to tell you. Um <laughs> when she when she showed up talking to Nakia earlier in that little Adidas um <laughs> jumpsuit. <laughs> I was like, okay, girl, I know I know you in mourning. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> on deck, don't you, babe? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love how they were supposed to be blending in on a campus in yes. and it's like, ma'am, y'all. Meanwhile, she's wearing an Ivy Park two piece. Okay, right? Wait, hold on. Wait, I, I'm, this is a personal attack. That's what I wear on campus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. If it makes you feel any better, I'm in Ivy Park sweatpants right now. So me too. Yes. Come on, sisterhood of the traveling pants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're two of my favorite bougie ladies. <laughs> it's, it's a lifestyle here. But you know who else I want to talk about is mm. Riri Williams. Yes. Ah, uh, my mm, queen. Yes. Because yes. 
one thing that I loved about Ryan including her in this um, is, I, I believe it was an interview where he talked about like some, I shouldn't say a criticism, but that he did hear some takes about, you know, this, the dynamic between, um, you know, what would be Wakandans, Africans and, and African-Americans. And we did see that dynamic because we have um, Killmonger come in, who's like, you know, mm-hmm. this feeling of being left back and betrayed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what do we, you know, we get this different dynamic of the Wakandans going to get someone and protect them. Um, and I, it was several stuff. There was a line, I can't remember who said it. Was it Killmonger or was it, um, it might've been in Baku, uh, where they called, um, after Ramonda dies and, and they say she, she died protecting one of the children of the lost tribe. And I was like, Killmonger. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was, but like, also it made me feel included. Cause I was like, Oh my God, we're from Wakanda. We're from the lost tribe. Um, and, but just this matter of, of this, this, this idea of like this connection that those of us who would not be from the motherland, who, but we, this connection, we, we still have to it. Um, and then also the dynamic of, which we already talked about earlier is that Ramonda made the decision knowing she was risking her life to save her. Um, and we see that embedded interest from Riri from before where it was a sort of like understandably selfish mentality of, oh my God, my, my garage is being invaded by the feds. It's, you know, it's, and then they get taken (laughs) underwater and, um, you know, she's like, sure, you're not about to leave me here. Are you like, what, what are we, what, like, you know, it's like understandably a fear. And then once, you know, Ramona has now sacrificed herself, it's like when she's in the air and she has been her new suit on and she's like for the queen and she's, you know, it's it's a complete Mm -hmm. change in dynamic. Um, and so, the, the change in relationship to this, this in terms of ethnicity, this an African-American has been brought into um, Wakanda and, and on some level gets to feel, it takes a minute, but gets to feel like she's home. Um, mm-hmm. And I was very appreciative of that as, you know, the many conversations that were had around this from the first movie. And now it's a very different conversation because she was brought in and she was basically immediately seen as, on some level, one of them. I'm not saying like they see her, but like she wasn't treated as as an outsider from what I from what I viewed. Mm-hmm. Um, and even going back to the colonization part of like her plans basically being stolen, and she said, well, several stuff when they're in a dorm. Just to do a callback, when Riri Williams said to be young, gifted, and black, and then she said, oh, y'all probably don't say that. And we'll call, yeah, yeah, that was a great, that was a great yeah. line. I love that mm-hmm. line. But I just context. Mm-hmm. Ryan did that as a callback to Chadwick because in his speech, um, for in his he he won an award in his speech. Um, he he says to be young, gifted, and black, and I thought it was a callback to Nina Simone because that's where the, the line first came from, and it still is because it's still her words. But Chadwick was quoting her, and it was a callback to his speech. And I'm like, I also realized oh. like we're gonna pick up on stuff moving on in this dialogue of stuff that Chadwick has said. Um, and then, you know, the fact that she also says she only built that machine because her professor told her she wouldn't be, she yes. couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And it's and like so so important. Yeah, it's like this <laughs> yeah. connection of someone doubting her. She only did, she wasn't, you know, she didn't come up with some grand scheme to like, I'm gonna get my hands on vibranium. It was just a matter of they told me I couldn't. Like you are a black student at MIT and still being doubted. 
Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. what does that say? Like, you've you've like you've gotten here. Riri does not come from a rich family, so like, I mean, if you read the comments, you know, like she she gets mm-hmm. there based off of her talent, and still they're telling you you're not you're not good enough. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's like all these things that that very much mirror what is the African American e- experience. Um, and her first reaction when Shuri and Okoye come, well, first Shuri because Okoye scares the shit out of her, but. <laughs> Her thing was like, am I being recruited? And it's like, is that not what we basically were all, is that not like every African-American's takeaway afterwards? Like, when are they going to come find me? When are they picking me up? Like, I don't even need to pack much. My, like, you know, I just, mm-hmm. I, I'm ready to go. I don't even need my cell phone. I'm willing, let's let's get the hell up out of here. Um, so I just thought the way in which they were able to bring in a character who mirrors so many of us who are watching this, but have a different culture ourselves, but relate based off of race. Um, and we get to see some of that persona in Riri. Um, so it's representing us in a much different aspect in terms of Black women than what we get from what is basically a group of people who are not impacted from the same, let's say, kind of colonialism, because they're really just experiencing for the first time that we are. That's all. <laughs> no. Yeah, I lo- I've loved Riri Williams for a long time because I've read the comic books and I read um, the Ironheart runs when... Um, Eve went on to it. And I have to say, like, I I am both happy that she was in here because Domin- Dominique Thorne, mm-hmm. uh, fellow Car- Caribbean, uh, uh, <laughs> two-immigrant parent person. And, like, just I realized while watching the movie how ridiculous it is that I'm still shocked when I see, like, Black features on Black girls these days. Because the first thing I saw, like, she got a nose. You know, like, and I thought, like, we're so used to seeing like black phenotypes becoming less and less the norm and how we cast, especially black women that that just really stood out for me. And I love that she was included in this because part of the thing with Riri is a lot of times she has been handled by like non-black writers that really didn't understand the intersections of her identities and how to really put that together. So I was glad that they have set a template that is very much rooted in a, black american experience Mm -hmm. um because that's super important to me i do on a certain level wish that she wasn't as much in the movie only because i feel like she is a character that needs her own space and when you bring in this new character and make her kind of like a MacGuffin, yeah Mm -hmm. it isn't the best introduction to a character that you want to have in some larger situations. Uh, it was still done, I think, the best it could have been done. I still think it was a strong introduction. I just feel the same way I felt like about America being used as a mm. I was gonna bring that nice in thing. It's just like it's great that she's here, but like we could have done this much differently, especially since there's gonna be an Ironheart miniseries. Mm. Yeah. I America Chavez will forever make me angry. But like I did feel like Riri, it felt, I, I think to your point of like, oh, like this was someone who knew the experience writing it rather than America Chavez, where she's just like there and like doesn't have much of a personality. And like, oh, sometimes she talks Spanish. So there you go. And it's like, ugh. Yeah. Like I, mean, I wanted yeah. so much more from that yeah. character. And mm-hmm. I felt I was worried. I was worried because the MCU seems to be doing this with like younger characters, just having them as a MacGuffin that has no personality. But I was glad that she did feel like a more fully realized character than America. Sadly, I think that's true because America is so defanged when we meet her. Horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was like, 
the MCU had the audacity um, right. to give this girl yeah. the power of immigration and like not really have her run with it. Like, I don't know. Um, America is definitely, I feel like the textbook example of like, you can't allow a MacGuffin to MacGuffin, but like at what cost to the story right. um, and to that character. In the case of Riri, I feel like there's two things that I think sets her apart from the characters we've seen in these roles in the past. The first is she now has a forever bond with Shuri. Like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ramona was just as much of a mother to her in her final moments than she was to Shuri. So I think there's always that there. But I also think one of the things that, um, and again, we can unpack this much more um, when we talk about Shuri directly, but I think one of the things that happens to a lot of Black women that you see on film specifically is the adultification of the Black film, especially after trauma has hit, right? Like, um, and one of the things that I had hoped this movie would do, and they seem to do a pretty okay job, was I was glad that Shuri had a Riri, someone her age, in the lab with her, working mm-hmm. things out and stuff. Um I mean, I think, you know, obviously taking away like the idea of the crown um, and sort of what monarchy can do to a young royal. um, It was just very grounding for me to see them into, um, you know, working in the midnight hours like um, in the lab um, and them figuring out together that, you know, this is Namor's weakness, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I love that she was just as much an equal part of creating that solution. Um, also a really fun fact that I noticed watching it the second time around is if you look at Riri's head really closely while you're watching, um, her in the Ironheart suit, you can see the impression of her braids, um, Mm. on the top of the suit. And I love that. Like, I love that so much. Um, especially princess, you brought up the fact that, Like, you shouldn't be surprised to see, you know, Black women casted in roles and them having traditional Black features. But the first thing I thought of when you said that, I was like, it's it's normal to have that feeling because this is still, we're still, we still live in the same world where, like, Zoe Kravitz played Catwoman. Mm Mm-hmm. You know? Um, And not to say that there's anything wrong with it, but we all know that there is you know, the idea of lighter representation that a lot of white Hollywood types will select over having, I don't know, a dark femme present. Um, So it's worth pointing out. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so, that's so key. And like Ryan Coogler loves, like not just black women, I think, but like black skin and black people, like everyone looks so good. And I'm just like, this is very nice. Yeah. It was a very beautiful cast. Let's get this. Just mm-hmm. everyone, just both, um, from, from Tanash to, 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 to the Wakanda, like everyone, every, like they yeah. turn on, I don't know if they decided to make that part of the, the casting experience, but I believe them if they, if they did, but yeah, no, that was a, that was a beautiful cast. On the casting paper, um, it was saying, you better serve United Colors of Benetton. (laughs) (laughs) I felt like Lupita looked even more gorgeous than usual. Like she looked, especially in that white. Yes. um, Like if she bumped into me, I would apologize. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like every time Lupita came on screen, all I could hear is Beyonce's thick playing in my head. (laughs) 
<laughs> a vision. Truly. Truly. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's talk about Nakia. Um, I was, I kind of, because I didn't, we didn't see her a lot in the promos. I was like, oh, is she not in this that much? But I was glad that she, once she was in it, she was in it. Um, because I really liked that character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, I liked, you know, I really liked, she had good chemistry with T'Challa in the first movie. Like she, I was worried that maybe, which is understandable, that Lupita was like, oh, I don't want to do these Marvel movies. Cause you know, she hasn't been anything been in any of them since black panther but i was glad that she was back and i thought she was it was also good for shuri to have her for the last half once ramonda had passed Mm -hmm. like it was Mm -hmm. like please give her someone that like can talk to her as an equal that isn't like more nervous of her as a ruler you know yeah so when i mentioned earlier that there was space given to shuri to allow her to express her anger nakia is one of the characters that um I inherently thought about Mm. and specifically, you know, she takes the heart shape herb. She goes, she sees um, Killmonger. She comes back. And I would like to think that Nakia probably is a little bit more privy to that process than most because of her relationship with T'Challa. Right. So she inherently knows that something not good happened. I just need to get the specifics, but I love that like in Shuri's anger where she like, you know, has that superhuman, like, push of the Dormelage costume. Um, that immediately, you know, Nakia's not uh, reprimanding her um, or telling her to calm down. It's very much, okay, we need to get you a suit. Yeah. Right. Like, let's funnel this. Um, and even right before, like, they board, you know, the big uh, Wakandan cruise ship... Um, <laughs> this was absolutely given um, the Wakanda Antarctica Cruise 2022 <laughs> um, but when they're you know sort of assembling um, on this deck or whatever um, you know I love that she takes time to center Shuri and then just like a black maternal figure who did you see <laughs> and Shuri's like not having it and being like no I'm good mm-hmm. Um but that was something that also I think Nakia does that you could see the rest of the cast kind of falls into as well, where even though I think two thirds of everyone in that room knew Shuri was out for vengeance and a lot of people kept it real with her about what the outcome would be um, to see Nakia and M'Baku so still unwavering in their support of her. Mm-hmm. Um because, yeah. like, Nakia just casually mentions to Shuri, like, you know, if we make it out this alive, you can always come stay with me in Haiti. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> casually. Just, you know, for you flavor. Know. Mm-hmm. Okay, girl, like, if, if we don't get impaled by the fish people, come on, see me sometime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's so funny. Um, yeah, I really loved Nakia in the little bit, like, always stunning. You know, yeah. loved her getting to go to Mexico because, you know, our Kenyan-Mexican queen out here going yeah. home. Yeah. Going to the motherlands. <laughs> um, I also, just on, like, a smaller note, I really loved how they showed Haiti because Haiti is such an important part of, like, African diasporic culture that, mm-hmm. like, to see it portrayed in, like, such a loving and affectionate way of it being portrayed as, like, a home for people like a place that people would want to be and not just you know framing it within the usual like global poverty politics of the world like it was so reassuring and even the fact that she they named her child Toussaint I was like okay 
Yes. I was like, we're not, I mean, if anyone is similar to Namor, I mean, it's Toussaint Louboutin. So I was just sitting here like, okay, choices are being made. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm down with it. And I just love that she had her own life. And it yes. made me really wish we could have seen Wakanda during the snap. Because I definitely was thinking like, there's so many things that T'Challa had put into play that he never got to do because first he got snapped and then right. he was gone. So I just was thinking like, I would really love to know sort of like what these characters were doing because it's implied that she got pregnant and had right. that child during the snap. So she was like a single mom in Haiti raising her kid. Like, <laughs> yeah, cause princess- I want to see that shit. Well, see, that would, that would have helped to kind of bring some context to why Ramonda would know about him. Mm-hmm. Because she, she lost both Shuri and T'Challa in during the snap. Mm-hmm. Um, so if Nakia, I mean, she, you know, still technically single cause the father's is not there, but like she would have had Ramonda and Ramonda would have had, um, that relationship with the both of them, um, yeah. because of that. So that does kind of add some context to it. And then yeah. basically after being snapped away and then you come back, you fight with your brother against, you know, this, this army and then you find out he's battling this illness and he's gone, I could see why she would also keep it a secret because, like, who's really trying to, like, sit with the news of of your of your, your brother had a, had a kid when you just, you had so little time left with him yeah, afterwards. Right, so, yeah. like, it adds some context, but I, I do, I, I would like to um, be able to explore that, which kind of maybe makes an argument for a show about Nakia or maybe I mean, now Nakia and Shuri in Haiti. I don't know. Maybe Ooh, I'm doing too absolutely. much, but it does add some context to like this missing piece of, I mean, you had a whole family member on the other side of the world and didn't know it. So mm-hmm. I would kind of like them to explore that. I mean, Ryan Coogler did talk about too recently that the original script for T'Challa um, before Chadwick's passing was that he was going to be mourning the loss of time. Mm. Um, mm. And how like, so much had happened. Um, and so exactly to you and Princess's point, um, that so much happened, you know, um, between the blip and then, you know, the end of the Thanos um, war saga, whatever you want to call it. Um, that thing is really interesting that Ryan Coogler said he opened up the original script with T'Challa essentially mourning the passage of time and mourning... Um, you know, him not being able to be there for such pivotal moments. Yeah, I could see that really... It would would have been an interesting dynamic because we know... I mean, I feel like a Mm -hmm. big theme for T'Challa would want to be being a different father than his. I mean, as much as he loved his dad, he Mm -hmm. learned so much more about his father that he didn't know when his father was alive. And I could see him, even though it would be no fault of his own, be feeling guilty for being snapped away and missing out on his son's... Yes childhood absolutely because of how his own father let him down so that would have been that's that's wow i mean unfortunately i don't want to dwell on it too much because we can't we can't you know we can't get in i'll get sad but (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that's an interesting tidbit um are we at are we at shuri yeah, sure. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I, we can bring in. I don't know if Mbaku had enough. Um, yeah. for us to, I think most of what I have to say about Mbaku is kind of inter- intertwined with um, what is unexpected guidance that he very much gave Shuri. Yes, I mean, mm-hmm. for me, anyways, unexpected guidance. I mean, Mbaku has always been a very good leader. That's why his people felt no fear and and being kind of separate from the rest of Wakanda were able to do very well. But considering 
um, his distrust of, you know, Sharice Tech and things like that, I say unexpected. Um, but he was very much the guiding figure, you know, I, yeah. I saying guiding light seems very cheesy, but he was able to guide her in a way in which all the people we saw her grow so close to in that first film, I feel like he was the one who was really, who made her, her feel heard in a way. Mm-hmm. Like he wasn't going to her saying, you should do this. He was going to her like, unfortunately, not only are you like mourning your mom here, but you have an entire nation who's now looking at you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, you know, and it's, I, I wish I could say no pressure, but unfortunately it's pressure, but it's about what you want to do. This is not me telling you what you should do. Um, mm-hmm. And in a side note of like when Shuri hit him with the line, he's told her to, to follow her heart. And I'm just so people know, I lost my mother a couple years ago. So when Shuri told M'Baku, I just buried my mother and my heart is with her. A bitch almost had to walk out of that damn theater. I was oh, like, Ryan, yeah. you, you. That's real. You're a great writer, but you rude. You rude as shit right now. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> rude. You hit me a little too hard. Like I said this on TikTok as well. Like, you know, the way grief was such a big thing in this movie, but not just tied to Chadwick. They decided to tackle it as a more so, I think on some level, like a universal concept, like how grief turns into to anger, which I think you could honestly use that argument for Namor. Um, how grief turned into anger, even for Shuri and her having to bring herself back down. Um, you know, it was just like, my God. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, M'Baku was a very, I, it, would, it would have been literally a completely different story for Shuri and the choices she made if he wasn't there. Um, but Shuri is another one who went through so I mean, I've always known Letitia Wright was is an amazing actress. She did a phenomenal job in the first movie, but in the mm-hmm. first movie, she got to be genius slash annoying sister, and not annoying in like the low key annoying Thor way, but in the very traditional sense of I'm going to tease my brother, but I will kill all of you for my brother also. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that's it was a completely different dynamic here, where it's like she she also has to go in between you know royalty and and this very young person who's dealing with such, you know, you don't want to deal with that. You don't think you will ever have to deal with that type of grief at such a young age. And then it happens. And like, I feel like at that age, you kind of feel like invincible in some level, especially if you're royalty in a nation that's basically untouched and all powerful. Like you think bad things can't really happen to you. And then they do. And I feel like life almost shifts as someone who has lost someone. And I never really had a significant loss until I lost my mom. Like life starts to just feel different um and when even when the movie opens and Shuri opens with that line of like boss if you can save my brother I'll never like doubt you again and like what a way to start a movie because you do when when someone's life is on the line that you care about you start making you start bartering with anyone and everyone like you're trying to make sense of it and it's you know it's I I, what's the word I want to even use like it kind of feels it it's humbling but it's also such a, a level of power, powerlessness. And I, I'm just thinking of like, when you've never really been someone without power because of where you're from, because of your title, because of your intellect. And now it's it's literally fate. It's not a matter of, of what people are doing to you. It's no one is at fault here. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, sorry, I'm just going on a tangent, but like they no, did no, that no. in a, nice. in a very... I mean, Ryan, every decision that he made here, because things could have gone left real quickly, but he was very 
intentional with everything that he did. Um, and I know that wasn't an easy thing to portray as an actress, but on the yeah. same level, I know also for Letitia on some level, it wasn't acting because watching her interviews describing how that news yeah. of losing Chadwick was delivered to her, you can see it coming out in, in a many a parts of this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Totally agree. I, I just thought she was, she was phenomenal was serving so much like power. And I felt like, you know, I hate, I hate to bring him up, but like uh, when that scene with her and, and Killmonger, I was mm-hmm. like, okay, first of all, Michael B. Jordan, this is the look that you should keep. Like, you yeah. know, because <laughs> I, I was like, this is the best you've ever looked, sir. Please keep this up. Um, <laughs> But I just like, I think the thing that was so unsatisfying about Wanda giving into her rage in um, mm, mountains of madnesses <laughs> <laughs> or whatever the hell is because it's like, okay, girl, this is a pivot from nowhere. Yeah. And like, not from nowhere, but just a pivot from like, you know, not, not mm-hmm. good, just not good. And then <laughs> um, you just seeing this slow grinding of Siri trying to maintain her emotions mm-hmm. and she just needed permission. She needs someone to tell her like, you going you going you going to throw hands. And she was like, you sure? God damn right I will. And I was just like, I get that. Because we don't get to be angry. She's trying to be this princess, mm-hmm. trying to be this ruler, trying to be a billion other things. And what she is is a very angry young woman who has lost the most important people in her life yeah. back to back to back. You know, she lost five years of her life. Yeah. There is there is so much loss that, and anger there that is valid and needs to be processed. And now she and she remade the hardship herb. She she remade the heart shaped herb with science. Okay, <laughs> she is ready, and I just I just felt like I love that. Like I know we talked about you know Namor and feeling comfortable about his rage. I love it when we get to be angry. Yeah. I love when we get to be flawed and wrong, and and oh. loudly wrong on in media because Tony Stark got to do it for five movies. So, <laughs> girl, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you just got me out of character and out of pocket. <laughs> We've been rewatching the MCU in this house, so I just been fresh. T- like I, I love Tony, but I'd be like, man, you was just being a, a little nigga all this have time. To be a whole cisgendered <laughs> white ass for like for like the better half of a decade, and I mean, I think Princess, you and Ashley both hit on very particular things um, that really made me happy about Shuri in this movie. But I have to say from, so I am someone who identifies as non-binary. Um, and the rage that manifests physically for Shuri, I think is a very non-binary expression of Black rage. Um, and so me for specifically, because um, here's the thing, like if any of you are into astrology, you know, I'll tell you I'm a Leo all day long, <laughs> Leo stellium. All the good stuff. Why does that fucking matter here? Um, is the fact that one of the things I've struggled the most with in my life personally is that knowing that like Leo energy specifically is a very masculine energy. They're considered literally like the dads of the Zodiac um, with cancer being the mom. Hmm. So knowing that like that is a ferocity that I can appreciate but never seeing it from sort of a non-binary gaze has always made me very confused um and there's something about the delicate ferocity that shuri expresses specifically when she's talking to mbaku um and then when she goes on later to fight namor 
that is, again, a very non-binary, like, viciousness that I loved. Um, And I think this is the first time I can honestly say that I saw myself in a Marvel character on screen. I, you know... So happy for you. That's, that's like, really sweet. Like, that's... I, I, I will say Shuri's rage and anger... I like while I have my like dumb whatever nitpickies with Namor, I Shuri I thought was like pitch perfect. Like I just I loved her anger. You felt I don't know, it felt I was on her side. I was like, Yeah, yeah, she's gonna be petty and she's gonna murder him, but fucking do it. He just killed her mom. Like, yeah. You're doing great, sweetie. Yeah. Like, you're doing yeah. great, sweetie. Yeah. Like, and I mean, I hate to I will just chime in with the multiverse of madness thing because they did say that the original plan was for Wanda to like be partnering with Strange, yes, which would have made more sense. The way mm-hmm. she would be like, you know, this this opportunity would come up, and you'd be like, "You bitch has been taking opportunities all you want. It's my turn," and that would have made perfect sense. And I would have yes. this one. I would have been on this side. Mm-hmm. Go in. There's a threat. You do the hero thing. Realize the hero thing been biting you in your ass. <laughs> I don't want to be a hero no more. Would have made perfect sense to me. Yes. No, we just had her mm-hmm. being the villain from up top. Like we didn't watch WandaVision and see her. Mm-hmm. I'm like, because my thing is, if you were going to be a villain anyways, you might as well have stayed in Westview yeah. and stayed with your pretend family and been happy as shit. So they but Ashley, it, you, know? you don't understand. She read a book. Right. <laughs> okay. she, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what's also crazy about that when you think from just like a storytelling perspective with Wanda, and y'all know I love me some dark, evil chaos with <laughs> Wanda down, but like to go from being like, yeah, you know, um, my man just had his, like, you know, yellow crystal removed from his head. Um, and, you know, I fought in an intergalactic war and all this shit. But goddamn that book, that's what did it, girl. That book put me right on over the fucking edge. <laughs> Listen, because she knew vision chakras would never align properly ever again. You can't recreate that kind of balance. Like, no, to me, I'm going to tell y'all what, what the crux for Multiverse of Madness really is. And, like, what it's really given is, you know what? I'm just a suburban mom who got really bored on her um, it is, yep. her Pinterest board. And I was like, you know what? Let me let me add a little dark glam to this. Add a little, add a little dark eyeshadow or something. It's, it's Halloween. I'm going to be goth okay, today. Yeah. It's, it's Halloween. Let me call up the good girl, Kathan. See what she got cooking. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I I feel like if we start rehashing Multiverse of Madness, then this will become re- a whole new show. It'll yeah. be a whole yeah, new sorry show. about that. But, yeah, but yeah, um, I will just you know I will say also the way in which they mirrored um, the Shuri anymore fight, the way in which they mirrored T'Challa versus Mbaku, um, in that we we finally get Shuri finally hears from Ramonda. And Ramona says, show, show him who you are. The same yeah. way she told T'Challa, show them who you are. And in the same way T'Challa decides to show mercy to M'Baku because his people need him, Shuri shows mercy to Namor because she knows his people need him. Yeah, I'm sorry, Ashley, but real quick, though, real quick, I know you going on about how merciful she was at the end. But let me just say, for the record, right now, that when Miss Mamas plucked his wings. Yeah, she hurt. I was like, oh, she said, um, give me a two-piece fried hard. <laughs> okay. No yeah. I actually had to start trying to make sense. I was like, all right, I remember in X-Men, Angel grew his wings back, so I guess he's not completely fucked, but damn. I was thinking that yeah. too. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like, will like, he be able to fly? Like, is that going to be a minute? 
<laughs> like, so between that and then her cooking him um, for extra yeah. like 15 seconds in the air fryer, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I was fucking like, you know what we have in down in Wakanda today? We have some Cajun food. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. All right. Girl. She said Wakanda forever and the shit blew up. And I, at first, I got scared. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I, I thought, took that shit personally. I was like, <laughs> I was at, at first I thought she said, "Fuck it, I'm taking both of us out." I really I for a too. minute was like, "Oh my god," she said, "This is it. Fuck all of this shit." I'm like, I might be, I'm about to go see my brother and my mother, and I'm taking your ass with me so they can whip your ass too. Like I was really <laughs> like, my god. So she, I and I like, the, I hope they keep that bit of vengeance. And, and if I'm not mistaken, I mean that's well. First of all, T'Challa is way more vengeful in the comics. Um, yes, I think Shuri no, is too. Like she definitely is. So it would be comic book, you know, accurate if they mm. if they decided to do that. I hope they don't make it like a she was just mad in this particular fight thing because I'm gonna keep. To be honest with you, the whole well, she lost everything, so let her lose her shit thing. Like I know people have been saying that about Wanda. They're not completely incorrect. No, this is a true good for this like is, this is truly moment. someone who has lost mm-hmm. yeah everybody. And I, I remember back. <laughs> going into the movie when I was making content before I knew what was going to happen. I was like, Namor too close to Ramonda in these damn trailers is making me nervous. And people <laughs> in the comments was like, do you think he's going to kill her? I was like, they, they wouldn't. They, is she already losing her brother? They, they wouldn't. They would. I don't, oh my God. I wish I hadn't done that because MCU <laughs> said fuck around and find out. Um, but yeah, I'm like- People are going to find those like, Ashley and be like, look, you were wrong. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm like- Honestly, I'm about to reply to them and be like, it, it was your fault because you put it into the into the universe. <laughs> they manifested. You manifested this bullshit and you need to answer for it. Um, mm-hmm. But like that, she really has lost so much. I think, you know, that tension. I know we get to see her kind of let loose and she, but like, no, you really are entitled to that, to that vengefulness if you want to yeah. hold on to it yeah. just to be a wee bit longer. I, I wonder think- if if anyone from uh, Multiverse of Madness was like, oh, shit, this is because like, I, I think you're right. Like her vengeance felt earned. Like she was mm-hmm. fucking mad. We watched it happen. We watched her start grieving and she's still grieving. And like, mm-hmm. I don't know, that's that's how you write grief, right? Not just yeah. like a heel turn of, well, now the character is evil. Like, mm-hmm. And I think I think if we talk about like the issue with fate, because I've been thinking like, what's the problem with phase four? You know, meanwhile, mm-hmm. I'm sitting here as a DC fan, just like, I'm just happy that I get to be part of the conversation. <laughs> um, but I think specifically with, with Marvel, it's like, they don't seem to understand how like making comic series that last and go throughout all these different issues is very different than mm-hmm. creating like a media yeah. enterprise yeah. with this. Like I don't want to have to watch seven shows between a movie to understand the thing, which is what you have to do with Wanda. If you don't watch WandaVision, right. you don't know what the fuck well, is going lost. on. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, that's not tangible when you're talking about a multi-million dollar thing where like not everybody's going to do that kind of work. And like, also the thing that I was talking to someone about is like, so when is this shit going to end? Like, I like not in a way that I wanted to end or that I'm rooting for, but kind of like, this is not sustainable. Comic books don't go on for this long a period of time without resetting the status quo like series for a reason girl (laughs) yeah i'm like they they keep wanting to do these like we're gonna go on for like a bit no y'all were running out with out of ideas before y'all even had the x-men and you can't even do half the shit that that is good for the x-men because a it's already been done or you pass that so far in the timeline it wouldn't even make sense no more so like are you just gonna are we just gonna be like fuck it and just do an entirely different world that's all x-men which I could live with because I don't really care about the rest of them hoes. Anyway. I mean, 
no passengers on, on the X plane. So the reason why that kind of entices me a bit is because, like, at least then the fanboys who have tied themselves so close to these old stories, let's would say have, it, let, would <laughs> finally have to just let it go. Like, please <laughs> go rewatch it on Disney Plus and stop bringing up. Well, they used to. We in a whole different new story now. Yes. Tony, we got a different Tony Stark here, or we don't have one here at all, or something. That would be like on on some level as a fan. You know, I love the idea. It's chaotic. It's all scripted, but like, I would really- It's worth it. Because Princess, to your point, something that has been really irking my spirit, (laughs) especially since we were, you know, granted access back to Wakanda uh, for Wakanda forever, is the fact that the the white wolf mantle idea Mm -hmm. was squandered on Bucky. Mm -hmm. And I say this because- I think Ashley, you had talked, you mentioned earlier about, you know, seeing Shuri, you know, run on vengeance just a little bit more. Mm -hmm. In Hickman's run, Shuri uses, um, so there's a police force in Wakanda called the Hatutsarase. And they are specifically, they're all white wolves, essentially. They're like their arm of like paramilitary intelligence type shit. And she uses them exclusively to wipe out Atlantis to show Namor that like when you do fuck around, you will find out. <laughs> but like the fact that like we can't even get a scene like that because it was just casually been like, oh yeah, you know, Bucky, he's the white wolf or whatever. Girl. <laughs> Girl. No, I, I think you're totally right. And I think it's really like, and I, and I think this is kind of a continuation of stuff with like them bringing in Riri and then bringing in, you know, what's her face? My girl from um, Hawkeye. Like, I love all these young actresses. I think it's neat what they're trying to do. But this shit is not sustainable. It's just like, no one cares. Like, I, I like these characters and I don't even care. You know, I love Ironheart. I love Riri Williams. I'll watch it. I love Miss Marvel. I have not watched a single episode of that show because I'm just like, First of all, they haven't really gotten any of these kids right in the first place. <laughs> they keep right. messing with their powers and making them do weird shit that I don't, I can't really accept into my spirit. But these, you cannot lock in an actor for like 10 years to do this role, put this much, keep screwing over VFX people, try to do films oh. five, 10 years in advance, laying out all these phases. Like, Comic books don't work this way. And you and we have spent so much time trying to make comic books seem like to, to make it be respected in the industry. Girl. That I feel they have lost along the line that these are supposed to be fun adventure stories. <laughs> Periodical. Sometimes sometimes, like. sometimes an else world baby, you know what I mean? Sometimes you get a little bit of extra sauce on the side. But this is not <laughs> supposed to go on. For 15 years, 20 years. It is it is no. not a sustainable thing and you will burn out so quickly. And that's why there's so much Marvel fatigue and it trickles into DC as yes, well. because to- Marvel has become the, because um, the MCU is the new cinematic sheen, girl. Mm-hmm. Like it's like <laughs> midnight fashions that disappear by the, by the stroke of midnight. Like, it's Shein. It's the Shein of cinema. Like Scorsese was right. I apologize, white man, for ever doubting you because you knew what you're talking about. Because it's this is no, giving fashion over. It really is. <laughs> well, I'll just say this. I saw Black Adam. I enjoyed it for what it was. And then I would read the reviews of it and I'd be like, y'all are complaining about the same things I've been complaining about for like 10, 15 years about every mm-hmm. mid-tier Marvel movie. But y'all don't care. Because it's like, 
it's the genre is not going to evolve any deeper than it already is. Like, I'm sorry, like, unless you unless you're going to do some really radical shit, which y'all can't do because you want it to be for the biggest audience possible. Mm-hmm. Hello. It's going to be boring because comics are already more radical than anything that's in the MCU, which is why whenever people get mad at me for saying like in the comics, it's like, well, why do I have to wait 20 years for, for a woman to kiss another woman on her ball head when I can <laughs> read the comics and have whole gay couples that have been together for years. Why Why would I be yes. excited about that? Yes. Kiss <laughs> another woman on her bald head. <laughs> At least I was hyped for that, to see that portrayal because I've read the comics and like, you know, they're, but... At least I didn't think they were going to do it. At least I knew they wouldn't, but at least they didn't gas us up the way Love and yes. Thunder did. You know, so it was like Ooh, I was less girl. disappointed, mm-hmm. still disappointed, but less so. At least like, because that shit still irks me. You just had her kiss somebody's hand. What the fuck? Yeah, like they acted like there was like everyone was like it's sucking so dick in it's that so movie. Like, yeah, okay. they were they, they were scissoring. They had the bisexuals in a gorilla grip. Like, <laughs> No, I'm, like, yeah. girl, I'm, I'm sorry to tell y'all, it's it's not happening in a Thor movie. You thought no. it was happening here? <laughs> that, yeah. yeah, that like always pisses me off the most. It's like don't like say how gay it is, especially like you're all straight people and you're like uh, like Natalie Portman and Taika Waititi. I mean, I guess I, Taika Waititi. I don't know if he identifies straight, but like the two of them mean like it's so gay and like. What movie did you watch? Because and the thing about it too, like it may be gay for a Marvel movie, but you right. guys know that's not the standard. You was in Black Swan, Natalie. Like, how is the Bifrost being more queer friendly than like this entire girl? <laughs> it's in, it's embarrassing to use the to use a, a Wakandan term, and I just. You know, I, I've just, I find myself getting tired because at least as dumb and silly as Black Adam is, at least it's not pretending to be some kind of like Girl, radical. Girl, movie was what it was and I gagged. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> I had a great time watching Dwayne doing his Dwayne. I was telling someone, I want MCU movies to end up becoming like rom-coms. You know, give it a little budget, give it the respect <laughs> of being part of a genre, but we don't have to have this shit seven times a year. I really... <laughs> <laughs> I really cannot. And it's because it, it's it's untenable. And also, I really don't. I'm also very sad that we keep getting so many great uh, POC directors getting dragged into this system and then getting dragged by critics for having to be a part of this system. We saw it with Eternals. We saw yeah. it with Love and Thunder. Mm-hmm. We've seen it and even to a degree now. It's like now that we finally have diversity, we have black and brown people making money in this Marvel cluster. Now everyone cares that the CGI looked like shit. I'm like, okay, okay. Girl, good for you. <laughs> I will the say, way, like, none of y'all are like truly. So, first off, because the so none, of y'all saw, none of y'all saw fucking Dark World? Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. But I'm like, I don't, I don't know. The like VFX stuff really be grinding my fucking gears because. A, if you have had to work with someone um, or know someone who does VFX, please, please, please feed that baby a cashew bar right now. <laughs> like, the chances are they probably haven't eaten anything. Like, they're stressed out of their fucking minds. But it's just so, like, fascinating to me that out of nowhere that there are all of these critics that's just like, yeah, it's, it's bad VFX. And I'm like, babes, like, girl, did you know the pubic hair in this scene was also VFX? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Like... Um, but I don't know. I feel like princess to your point, we're at, we're at a point now in sort of the pop culture lexicon where to be a Marvel fan is to imbibe endlessly. 
Marvel content. And like, that isn't the way that we've enjoyed comic books ever. It's not Mm -hmm. the way that we've enjoyed TV ever. Mm -mm. Um, And sure as hell isn't the way that we enjoyed film. Like, um, you know, to quote Vision from Age of Ultron, it's one of my favorite scenes that um, lines that he says, um, he says humans aren't beautiful because they can last long. Like they're they're beautiful because there is a timeliness to their existence. Mm-hmm. And like, girl, same. I do not <laughs> want to be thinking about me being pushing forty two, being like, oh my god, X Men finally come to theaters. Like, <laughs> and don't get twisted, we will go. The <laughs> point is yeah. that okay. like it's just like I don't. I feel exhausted by this entire panopticon of of comic book movies because they're not fun Mm. they're not fun they're not radical they do not honor their creators and the people who really deserve to get paid which are the comic book writers and artists who built these characters up don't get Mm -hmm. paid shit so like what if you care about this thing besides like any other blockbuster blockbuster film like you have to care about what this is doing to the industry that we love. Like, I love comic books. Comic books is how I felt seen. Like, I, to me, there are very few movies that will ever top that 2000s at first X-Men movie. Yes. Just, just, on a, just on a spiritual level. But that's because it was doing something different. Yeah. We don't even mention the Holocaust in fucking Captain America. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I I still I still stand by X two being one of the best superhero movies. Oh, it's like, correct. Absolutely. Still, <laughs> yes, hands down. Yeah. Um, but okay, so sorry. before we get yeah, sorry, oh, tangents. Okay. Um, so is there anything we want to talk about plot wise? I guess we we did kind of cover everything. But if there's anything any of y'all want to bring up, Ooh. right? I'm trying to think of something we didn't touch upon, but I feel like we did touch on everything. We could have used a little bit more lighting. Could have used a little bit more lighting in Telecom. Absolutely. absolutely. I felt like my grandma. I was like, ooh, I can't see. Ooh, what? Can we we brighten this? They they were giving you realistic um, water moves. They were preparing you for way of the water, girl. Um, (laughs) Listen, I watch David Attenborough documentaries, okay? I be seeing shit very clearly when he was playing it, okay? So if if my boy can do it, there's no excuse, okay? I'm glad I wasn't the only one. I really felt like such a fucking grandma. I will say the one thing I want to call out before we wrap this up. Um, the score by Ludwig Goranson. Mm, that white man can play. Girl, because <laughs> first off, like he started the first movie by like going to Senegal and then just like working his way across the continent. Um, but I think one of the things I loved about this score, and I cannot wait to this pressed on vinyl, Princess, you know I got you already, mm-hmm, girl. Mm-hmm. Thank you, uh-huh. Um <laughs> Is that the, I don't know, the anger and the frustration that, like, you feel with certain characters, Namor and Shuri specifically, it's embedded in the score itself, and it has, like, this kind yeah. of, like, undercutting, like, electro-synth to it. And... Listen, I know the girl's been using synth real heavy because Stranger Things been relying on that shit for like three seasons. <laughs> I get it. Um, but here it is used in a way that like adds to the cultural nuances of the music. And it's just, it's it's breathtaking. Mm-hmm. Um, so I highly recommend just like listening to the score on um, Spotify if you can. Um, and even just the naming conventions of the title tracks and stuff is just like, it's it's great fantastic yeah the 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 score was really good i actually even think um i know everyone like you said everyone's been annoyingly complaining about the vfx suddenly i thought 
there wasn't a moment in the movie where I even noticed. I mean, um, we need to be thankful because Black Panther 1 had the PS3 graphic. <laughs> mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. That is true. Where, where T'Challa was looking like a whole Tomb Raider avatar. Like, <laughs> girl. Um, you are right. We lived through some mm. things. And actually, I will say, while, while that just triggered a thought for me, sorry. I think this is probably one of the best third acts that Marvel has ever pulled off. Yeah, for and sure. You know, act three is truly their Achilles heel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was because of just how personal the stakes were and how personal the fights, um, the fight was. Um, and so this act three didn't give you like bombastic, like VFX overload. Like the most VFX you were really getting was like Namor darting around and like the midnight angel suits, which are gorgeous. Um, I think in live action, but it was a really well done act three. Yeah. Especially when you comparatively look at movies like Shang-Chi or multiverse of madness yeah. when like, Girl, all you see is just red at a certain point with Wanda starting <laughs> around. And you're right. like, okay, I guess, I guess the bitch is going off. <laughs> Aaron, that was literally my, like, I love Shang-Chi, but that end when the drag, and it's like, I don't even know what's going on. Like, Girl, it was given a Final Fantasy cutscene. <laughs> like, and so I saw that movie with my mom, God bless her. So she didn't know anything. So Aquafina was her favorite oh, character. Baby. And I had to be like, okay, mother, that's nice. I'm glad you can't. <laughs> I'm glad you can't tweet. But I will say, as someone who just watches, like, who grew up watching, like, that style of like Chinese cinema, I was like, is this the best y'all could do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's weird because that movie, I think that movie's like really fantastic, but then that third act is a mess. Um, and it, it's the Marvel issue. And yet yeah. still again, still again, not something that becomes, you know, something that attached to the director who is himself like half Japanese and mm. Hawaiian. And it's like, that's not his fault. It right, is how yeah. they asked them to make these mediocre yep. films. Because they, they, I just looked it up. They have plans for a phase six. Yeah. God yeah. be good. I like, I mean, I just like, I can't. Phase five listen. starts next year. And what is, is King Dynasty supposed to be? That's supposed God. to be in, in, in this six thing. Yeah. And I'm just so, saying, it's supposed to be a Spider-Man's. I, I think they should, honestly, they should God. wrap it up around. That's supposed Wars. to have Fantastic Four stick. Again, Aaron, Aaron, you mentioned being pushing 42 and being like, ooh, X-Men, I am turning Listen. 40 next year. So I'm going to be like 50 and be like, ooh, X-Men. Yeah, five. Girl, okay, my hip is going to be in rotation. I'm like, Storm, you better light this. <laughs> like, me and you with I, our canes. Like. I'm really concerned about this. Like, I'm going to be up in the theater popping an oxy because my hip just ready to... <laughs> It's ready to mutate itself, and like we're still waiting for the mutants. But you know, God speak. <laughs> you know, but you know what, Aaron? I'll be right there with you with listen, the walk up. Be like, listen, I, I do what okay. I gotta do to make sure I see a dark skin storm before I leave this earth. Like, okay. or not, that's then. all we listen. We have After to do. Because- you gotta push through with the walker too. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be right fucking there, girl. We're gonna be at the front singing, "We Shall Overcome." She's gonna get all the Negro spiritual. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know that in the afterlife that of my invention, when I meet God, it will be Grace Jones as Storm, and I will yes, be like, yes. and then well, I will. I am home. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, all right. I'm gonna wrap this up. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. I have one thing I want to oh, say. Yes. I love Michaela Cole. Yes. Why in why yeah. in Bass name did we have to put this woman on everything? She's gonna only be in two scenes. Yeah. Right. I, I'm not even store. And I'm just <laughs> sitting here just like 
I knew they weren't going to bring in Storm because that would have been cheating. Um, but um, I, I do. She would have been a great cast for Storm. So it's like, I'm, I'm happy she's in the MCU, but it's like you didn't do as much with her character. So now it's like, you yes, could have just could have sat on this and waited until the X-Men came around. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it feels like, all right, now what? Like we got her in two scenes. Yeah. Like okay. that, you know, it really, I mean, I'm whole, I, Okoye is supposed to be getting her own show. Um, and so yeah. I, since Okoye is, is a midnight angel and um, Michaela Cole's character is as well, hopefully that means Michaela will be in the show. I'm going to manifest that. And that mm, means she'll yeah, get more of a more developed uh, storyline in that as well. So that's yeah. what I'm going to put out there because otherwise you had an actress who was very much would have been well casted for Storm and chose to do something else with her. So. And also the right amount of clout for that too because yeah. I feel like that's also one of the things that like obviously is very discerning about casting um a black woman in storm too is just making sure that her herself is not too big for the mantle but i'm like wakanda still in all the good actors yeah yeah and it's it's well. also a thing where like i don't even know about the okoye thing because like denai is doing the michonne spinoff where she's leading it and like everything oh. so it's like how much time is she gonna have Right to to give to this product, and rightly so because she's in she's a prime actress been in two major franchises. Yeah. Why would she tie herself down to just one thing for ten years? Yeah, because I mean we I mean I'm sure everyone who is attached to Marvel is learning from the original six. Yeah, um, and the yeah. fact that they really didn't get yeah. to do the projects they wanted to until they left. So it's like no one's yeah. trying to do that anymore, which is why I think they're diversifying in the way that they are, which is really honestly setting them up for the MCU, uh, setting them up for failure. Cause you like, you got 20 different things going on and somehow right. they all connect and you're doing the most to make them connect, but they, you got so much separate shit going on because you know, it's like, mm-hmm. but I don't blame any of these particular actors for being right. like, you know, when, when yeah. this check run up, I'll be damned if I'm just posting like I'm pictures of that time I was on set, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. The one good thing is that there's a possibility that we might get her as Storm anyway because they already double dipped twice because they put um, Gemma, Cha- Gemma yeah. within both oh, Eternals yeah, and... and um, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Yeah. And then Michelle Yeoh was in Shang-Chi and in Guardians 2. So it's like they've had to That's double true. dip because they just keep hiring the same seven people. Also get new actors. Yeah. Yeah. Um all right, no, sorry, I, that's I, it. no, that's okay. And and yeah, they've double dipped a few times, which like hmm, I like to do it. Um, but yes, yeah, so let's wrap this up. This is we're running a little late. Um, what is mm, favorite scene or moment from the movie? I guess we'll do uh, princess. Um, my favorite moment was Mbaku coming in with his carrot, so aggressive to the yeah. meeting. <laughs> um, that for I just think uh, that actor is so fine and he is so good at being fine. And he was like being a, a fine, sensitive black man this whole movie, okay. supportive, considerate, and vegetarian. Okay. <laughs> That's a uh, husband, <laughs> Ashley. Um, just, just to go back to that scene as well, is you know, it's also a good callback to the we're vegetarian line, yeah. um, from the first movie. But uh, I think I'd have to say, I mean. I've already talked so much about the the Okoye up against um, Namora and the Tomar. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I want to say instead the scene before that when we get Shuri driving the car. Um, no, excuse me. I'm a liar. Okoye's driving the car. Shuri's on her motorcycle. And then Riri Williams is also doing her thing in the sky. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a nice, short, happy moment before things went completely left. 
Yeah. Um, but like we get to see this, like, I feel like Shuri for a very brief moment in this film got to feel like a little sister again a bit. Cause she mm-hmm. did, she, she departed away from Okoye when Okoye told her not to, uh, was out doing her thing, kind of being the mischievous one that we saw in like that first film when she's driving and the way T'Challa would allow her to, like, I'm not going to let you physically be there, but I know you want to be part of the mission. So let me, you know, like we got to see this sort of bit of like in the action on the field thing that Shuri was, was kind of thirsting for in that first film before uh, things got way more serious. And then we also get to see that um, Riri Williams is not someone who needs to come into her genius. She's already there with this mm-hmm. already built suit. Uh, they did mirror Iron Man a bit, a bit with um, her going beyond her air capacity to destroy the the plane and then mm-hmm. falling the way um, Tony did. Yeah, Tony did in Avengers. Yeah. So it was a you know it was a nice mirror image, but not too much of a tie in where you know we're going to do completely what we did in the comics. I just love that the scene showed the strengths of these two young women who are clearly going to play a very big part in the future of the MCU. But then when things got dirty with with um, Namor's people coming in, uh, Okoye was the one who handled that battle. Um, so yeah, I, I like that we got to see these three of my favorite characters in this one play shine in their particular moments. Um, Aaron? Um, I'm going to keep it this short and sweet. <laughs> um, I think Shuri's final battle with Namor for me gave me everything. Um <laughs> I think something that, like, what I heard repeatedly just sort of in this MCU lexicon that we're sort of examining um, is I think a lot of female characters aren't necessarily pushed to their limits um, in terms of not only physically what they can do, but also emotionally how they can express themselves. So to get that, both of those um, in that fight sequence, like... It's just really satisfying to watch. Um, and also Kitty Claws. Yes. Mm. All that. <laughs> I, just, I, I just realized we did not talk about the white plot line at all. So fuck the CIA. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we did not talk about them, did we? No, no colonizers. We sure did it. Goodbye to them. <laughs> yeah. It was it was oh. nice to see you. Uh, shout out to Mark, Agent Ross. We rocking with Mark. Mark rocking <laughs> yes, with we rocking with Mark. <laughs> I my yeah my only comment is I like seeing Julie Louise Dreyfus in the MCU but that's it <laughs> yeah Julie Louise Dreyfus could get it like to be honest he'd be like I be like listen she fine funny as hell so. Yeah, I so I think my favorite, it's a tie. It's either Okoye's battle on the the bridge is it just such a good fucking fight, or the scene between Okoye and Ramonda when she's like telling her to like put down her spear and she's no longer the general um just both of them were just like acting at like yeah. a 10 mm-hmm. um i guess we'll probably all give it the same grade an a right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. all right well thank you all for joining me thank you all for listening uh if you like slayer fest 98 you can find us on apple Podcasts, spotify youtube and anywhere else you get your podcasts you can support us on Patreon. We have just finished What If Season 1, and we will be getting to Harley Quinn Season 3. We've covered 1 and 2. Um, and uh, if you want to follow us on social media, we are at SlayerFestX98 on all platforms. I am Ian X Carlos on all platforms. Ashley, where can everyone find you? Ashley K. Smalls um, on basically all social channels, um, Instagram, uh, Twitter, TikTok is where I'm probably more active right now. I have a Marvel fans uh, community on Twitter, uh, Marvel fans assemble, so you can uh, look us up. Um, I don't know what's going on with Twitter right now because there's, well, there's a lot going on with Twitter right now. 
But for yeah. the time being, we are still there. Um, <laughs> and then what else? Oh, yeah. Actually, I'm on Tumblr, too. I'm going to promote that because if things go left with this Elon Musk thing, I'm, I'm making the switch. Oh, no, that's but. right. <laughs> I've been meaning to go back to Tumblr and like like revamp my Tumblr. Um, Princess, where can everyone find you? Uh, I, unfortunately, on on Twitter uh, <laughs> at uh, Weeks Princess. Uh, you know, I also have a Tumblr, so I'm a, I'm gonna work on that. Um, <laughs> I think my Tumblr name is like Melina Pendulum still, so I should probably fix that. But mostly, <laughs> if you want to find my content, you can find it on YouTube at Princess Weeks. I do video essays, and a lot of them are pretty good. I hear so. <laughs> and Aaron, where can everyone find you and your comics? Yes. Um, so on the socials, I am magical.poppy. That's P-A-P-I. Um, on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, 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 it's magic, magical D-O-T, poppy. Um, and then comic stuff. Yes, you can find my comic Bitchcraft um, on Webtoons. So you just type in Bitchcraft, which is B-Y-T-C-H-C-R-A-F-T. Um, and that's it. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you all for doing this. We'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.